I still have so many important notes, though. Like, I spent way too long trying to remember if frogs were in this movie. There are. Okay, I had a problem with this, though. Alright, welcome to the first episode of Who the Hell is This For? Uh, I'm your host, Tyler. Uh, I've got Jeff here with me, and for our first episode, got our friend Riley. So kind of what we're going to do every week, uh, maybe every week, who knows how often we actually record Yeah, I'm not sure I signed up for every week. Holy shit, That wasn't in my contract. (laughs) Well, we're going to try and routinely have Jeff and I on, and then have people uh, rotate in and out. Uh, to get kind of some different perspectives from some of our uh, few different friends. So um, this all just kind of came out of my desire to just talk about movies because I was really annoying my girlfriend with how much I talked about movies to her. (laughs) Um, It's like, you need a creative outlet. Yeah. (laughs) How about you speak into a mic with your friends in an an empty room? I won't be there. And I probably won't listen to it later. <laughs> All right. Um, Just kidding, Catherine. So anyway, kind of the the setup of this podcast is each episode we're going to give a brief rundown of the movie. Um, kind of have a little bit of a discussion on the movie in general. Then we're going to talk about what worked and what was a standout scene, what didn't work, and what part of it was kind of a letdown. And then who this movie is for, who's going to like this movie, and who is just going to absolutely hate this movie. Uh, So this week, we talked about 2017's Mother by Darren Aronofsky. uh, Written and directed by Aronofsky, starring Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem. uh, Made about $17 in the box office. Had a Rotten Tomato score of 69. Nice. With a uh, audience score of 50%. Um, so, kind of just to get into it, what did you guys think? I think, yeah, I, I think we liked it a whole lot less than you did, probably. Um, I have a thing about movies that are, like, not fun to watch while you're watching them, and then you can talk about them later. So, this is a movie that's really fun to talk mm-hmm. about afterwards. It's not fun while you're watching yeah, it. Yeah, this is... I liked it a lot less the second time I saw it. I will say that. I still thought it was very good, but it's not a pleasant experience. No, it's. I mean, the movie is, is obviously designed to... Yeah, I thought it was shot really well, and, mm-hmm. you know, the creative I think it achieves have. its goal, but it's definitely not going to be for everybody. Right, for sure. especially if you don't go out and research it after you watch it to pick up on everything, because <laughs> then it will just make no sense at all. Um, so in, in case you haven't seen it, uh, what this is, is, uh, this was a really heavily hyped project by Darren Aronofsky. Um, the trailers were pretty vague, pretty cryptic, and it was marketed as a straight up horror movie, which we can get into a little bit of that later. I don't know if it achieved that goal or not. Um, but it definitely was uncomfortable to watch in parts. Um, so Javier Bardem basically is God. There will be spoilers. Uh, We'll probably splice that in at the beginning of the podcast. (laughs) Javier Bardem is God. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence might be Mother Earth. Might be Mother Mary. Probably not Mother Mary. There's there's a lot of metaphors going on. Uh, But at its core, it is uh, the creation story 
and uh, biblical allegory just kind of for Christianity and religion in general. At least that was my interpretation of it. I don't know if yeah, that's what you guys sure. had. Um, On the surface, definitely a movie that has lots of lots of different levels. Uh, Javier Bardem is a poet who has writer's block. They're living in the country. Um, no one has names, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, I, uh, I thought about catch. that. Again. They don't catch. They don't ever talk about who anyone's name is. So at the very beginning, General Lawrence's character calls Javier Bardem baby. Mm-hmm. But then really to get anybody's attention, they just say, hey, or they just start talking. There is no... Or stop sitting on the sink. Kind of. <laughs> she hasn't braced that yet. Yeah. yeah. So kind of to your point, Jeff, um, is this a sequel to Baby Driver? <laughs> I like that it starts with baby and it ends with baby. Um, it did make me think of Baby Driver and how, again, ridiculous... That his name is Baby, that needs to be talked about more. Maybe that'll be another episode where we'll dive into. How <laughs> I would dumb love to do is, a Baby Driver episode. How dumb it is that his name is Baby, but um, yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, could be a sequel to Baby Driver. I think it's the much less fun sequel to Baby <laughs> Driver for sure. Very different tone. Uh, you can tell Arnowski really got his hooks into this one. <laughs> um. So, after I saw it the first time, so. I, I forgot about this. I wanted to do this, all of our histories with the movie. This was my second time seeing it. Yep, my second time as well. And this was my first time watching and it. Jeff and, and I actually, ride. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff and I actually saw this together, and I was absolutely blown away the first time I saw it. If you had asked me right after, I would have said this was one of my top ten of all time. It's a bold... Wow. Yeah. It's a big list, you know? Yeah. And uh, let's see what it knocked off at some point. It, well, it it is not still up there. Yeah. <laughs> watching it again, I will say, watching it again when you know the metaphor, it's so heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not as I, I think the other thing too is is what your expectations are coming into the movie. So I'd be interested to hear kind of what yours were. Yeah. Well, obviously, I had heard just from talking to Tyler or other friends that it ended up being huge you know, allegory type movie where it's all a meaning, but coming from a background of not really knowing Christianity or the Bible, Mm -hmm. uh, I was just kind of grasping at straws. (laughs) Like, oh, sure, that could be that. (laughs) And, but I definitely thought it was going to be more of a horror movie, but it was more of just a, I don't know how you would describe it. A Um, suspenseful... I mean, it's a movie that definitely... Uh, is looking to trick you into thinking that it is a horror movie. Right. In that you're looking and you're kind of waiting for jump scares or yeah, you're waiting something for something like that. Like there that are some happen. actually really solid jump scares in yeah, this movie. Yeah, but I mean, I think the the real crux of it is that you're waiting the whole time. Right, for you're it. expecting and then it, it to just turn into like everything going wrong. It really movie. doesn't feel like a horror well, movie. Well, I mean, uh, you know, for the baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't feel like a horror movie until the final act. It does have elements yeah, there of you go. surrealism. I mean, it's a definite Arnofsky film. So mm-hmm. Arnofsky was definitely the director of Black Swan, Requiem for a Dream. Um, he's done some other semi-normal things. He did The Wrestler and uh, Noah. I did not see Noah. Oh, yeah. Um, all I saw was the trailer where Noah has a flaming sword, and I said... Didn't it have, like, Hermione um, in it or something? Noah? Might have. Might have. We that... could probably check on that. 
Um, is Russell Crowe now? That's, Russell that's Crow's what I'm now. thinking. Yeah. yeah. Huh, so, did not think that was him <laughs> yes. that made that. White yeah. Noah. <laughs> right. Right. So, I mean, it's the, the thread of his movies. He's done lots of different things. I would say this is much more similar if you've seen Black Swan or if you've seen Requiem yeah. for a Dream. Once I looked up that he made Black Swan, I was like, that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. He, it, it, it definitely is kind of a thing where none of his movies are really straight up horror movies, but they take a ton of horror elements, I would right. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I definitely agree. So, on my second watch through, it was a lot faster in the beginning. Um, so, when when the guest shows up, when the first man shows up, I oh, time stamped that. Yeah, Ed love, Harris. I love that Ed Harris showed up. Ed Harris, Domhnall Gleeson, yeah. Kristen Wiig. There are so many just good cameos <laughs> in the movie. I think they were good. Um, but, yeah, so when Ed Harris shows up, that's only eight minutes in. Is it really? Yeah. And so when I when I was remembering it the first time, I thought it was a solid 20 yeah, before it, it anybody seemed. showed up. Yeah. Definitely would agree. Um, I will say the first third of this movie, where it's just a straight-up biblical allegory, uh-huh. um, before you get into a lot of the heavy environmentalism and social metaphors, because I thought those got a little convoluted, when it's just the creation story, mm-hmm. from when Ed Harris shows up as Adam, right. and then his wife, and then the two kids coming in as Cain and Abel, right. that, I will still give that like a 9, possibly a 10 out of 10. It's well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's it's given really good pacing, like um, the way that it's shot and the way that each character kind of interacts with each other. They're all kind of given different room to shine. Um, mm-hmm. Where at the end of the movie, like it's it's, it's such, so so much is going on. Yeah, yeah, that you you miss little snippets. I found mm-hmm. myself pausing a lot at the end to try to figure out like what's happening in this three to four second scene versus this next scene versus right. this next scene. I think it was. I think his wife was played by was it Michelle Pfeiffer mm-hmm. played her. She did awesome. Yeah, because. Yeah. You just hated her. Uh-huh. One of my—that's oh, my one of my candidates for what we're going to talk about a little bit later. I I scene. also thought um, that have Adam and Eve being introduced with their own vices, like Adam was a chain smoker, um, Eve constantly had a drink in her hand. They weren't inherently a bad thing, mm-hmm. but they had a little bit of that kind of corruption as they came in. Um, and it wasn't a big deal until it was made a big deal by Javier Bardem, really. Right. Until they made their first big mistake, which was breaking the crystal. Right. So let's maybe talk a little bit about this, the, the actual religious allegory here. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, I mean, obviously, Harry Bardem is God. Um, we can talk about who Mother is. I think that's a, a larger discussion. You've got Adam and Eve. You've got Cain and Abel. Um, the thing that I thought was interesting was this, on my second watch through the crystal that's mm-hmm. in his office. Right. This is the first time that I was like, oh, oh it's the apple. Forbidden mm-hmm. fruit. Right. Yeah. Right. Totally missed it the first yeah. time. Did not cross my mind at all. And I, so I took it as I was watching it this time. I almost thought that that was instead of the apple itself, it is the actual embodiment of man's knowledge of good and evil. Um, which I mean is the same thing as the apple really, but you know, I, I wouldn't have been surprised with as heavy-handed some of the metaphors were had, like, Aronofsky actually had them eat an apple. Right. There right. we go. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I was really confused on um, is where 
um, if you do Michelle Pfeiffer is Eve, where Eve and the mother's interaction, like what that is supposed to represent, because there's no real parallel like why to... why she's such a bitch to her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's very snippy uh-huh. and... Judgmental um, and... Yeah, yes. trying to push her to have kids. And right. so, I mean, I think it serves a purpose for the movie, for sure, to characterize people. But I struggled to see if there was a religious allegory there or if it was just... For the sake of the so movie. So I think that was where we started to see our beginning of the environmentalism metaphor. Because um, I think we're seeing Jennifer Lawrence as Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. And as soon as humanity starts to get involved, her world, like her existence, she gets so much more stressed out. Things are so much harder for her. And she's still trying to maintain. Um, I think that it was, it was a good idea. Uh, but it got too convoluted with the rest of the religious metaphors. Yeah, I think you're you're left trying to figure out if she is Mother Earth the whole time. And, I mean, it doesn't mean that the metaphor needs to be straightforward. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't need it to be yeah. spoon-fed. Because there is some stuff in this movie that is very <clears throat> hand-fisted and very heavy-handed. But I think when the whole rest of the movie is like that, and there's little pockets that mm-hmm. don't make sense, you're left feeling like... Even if it was ham-fisted, but it was consistent, mm-hmm. then it would be less less annoying right. than kind of the way that it ended up happening. It was really interesting what was subtle and what wasn't. Because um, I thought, I, I took this as subtle anyway. When when Domhnall Gleeson kills his brother, um, when we have the Cain versus Abel fight, which we'll get into that in a little bit. I love that scene. That's one of my favorite fight scenes just because it's very, very, real. very physical. Yeah. Um, but something I thought was nice and subtle there was when he grabbed the doorknob, um, because it kind of gets into the cane killing Abel with a stone. Oh. Um, so I really like that part of it. Yep. Um, kind of on, on that note with, uh, Domhnall Gleeson, uh, good acting or bad acting? Oh. Uh, like in general or in this movie? In this movie. Oh. I like him as an actor. I think he's great. Um, like, I love his I love his speech as Hux in The Force Awakens. Sure. Um, but here he was just, for me at least, I don't know if it was that he was selling that emotion so well or if he was just overacting to hell. Well, yeah, because it was kind of hard to tell, you know, because they all had their... You know, obviously, Ed Harris was coughing all the time because of his smoking. I think to really hammer home, like, the allegory of who they were, I think they really relied, like, on their trait. Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably why he was shaking mad all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. And he's got great hair to shake. God, he has incredible hair. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, shout out to the casting directors who pulled in the right people for this movie. I did think it was interesting. I don't know if it's just... Um, I'm trying to think in Domhnall Hoglin-Gleason's career. This was post-Ex Machina. Post-Ex Machina. Um, and was it post This was Star post Wars? Force Awakens. Yeah, it would have probably been... Yeah. A, yeah. So it, two years. It felt, it oh, felt yeah. like so. too, um, too small of a part for him. Mm-hmm. And... So he was trying to do, you know, all of his acting within the 30-second span that he's given to actually do this scene. And I felt it almost distracting in that you, like, I don't recognize the able actor at yeah. all, but I super recognized Donald Gleason because he was uh-huh. just in all these movies. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if that, like, took me out of it. 
Um, but I, I kind of got the same feeling. I thought he was overacting as well. Um, so I kind of skipped over it, but I, I couldn't think of what this was. What was the yellow drink? Oh, yeah. that's a good, yeah. I had some no notes on, on that one as well. So I, I really don't know what it's supposed to symbolize. This is one of those things that I thought was kind of an inconsistent thing in that I, I don't know that it fits with the rest of the allegories mm-hmm. because if she is Mother Earth, then Mother Earth isn't necessarily healing herself with like a substance. Yeah. And then right. she throws it away later in the movie to show that she's like kind of past it and doesn't need it anymore. And so it does seem strange that there would be like a substance that Mother Earth would be like addicted to or need. Wasn't there, she had like that vial of that powder? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, was, didn't she also put the vial into the, uh, oh, what do you call it? The stuff she was putting on the wall? Because she, like, changed the color of it into that same yellow color. Yeah, I think they're, well, I think they're different. Um, I think one is supposed to be that medicine and the one mm. is supposed to be for the paint. But that's a, a good point in that there's no real call out on whether it right. is or not and she is, the same thing. She is very linked to the house throughout everything. Right, so I, that's why I assumed, I, that's why I assumed it was the it same was the stuff same because, you know, she had the whole bond with the house or, you know, the earth, whatever you want to look at right. it. Which means is she painting medicine on the walls, or is she drinking paint, or she's trying to, repair, <laughs> which, or she's trying to repair herself? Well, yeah. So she she dumps it all out when she, I can't remember if it's when she decides she's going to get pregnant or when she decides she is pregnant. Oh yeah, it's right after. It's right after yeah, that morning. So she knows she has a baby now, so she has to stop drinking paint. Yeah, That's, makes sense. <laughs> Good call. You know, solid. Mother. We all, yeah, we and all make sacrifices. Where we get the movie title. <laughs> She's a mother now. <laughs> Can't drink paint. No more drinking paint. Um. <laughs> so what What were your thoughts on the little squiddly dibbly in the toilet? I, um, I had no idea what that was supposed to be. Is it a, is it a heart? So I couldn't tell what it was. I, I, thought, I just thought I saw legs on the bottom of it at first. And um, So my thoughts on that, I think that is... Squiddly digital. <laughs> I think that is the uh, representation of the corruption in the garden. Because it's just weird and evil looking and gross. And it it comes around after the crystal's broken. And it, things start to go more off the rails after she finds that in the toilet. Because mm-hmm. then Cain and Abel show up. Well, isn't it post... Um... Like, Adam throwing up into the toilet? Yeah. It's post-Adam yeah. throwing up. With his rib... Injury yeah. there. And so then, maybe it's like the uh, detritus of the uh, rib being taken out. And they're like, oh, I don't know what to do with that. I guess I'll just uh, flush uh, it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get rid of this. this rib. And then um, my so, wife is asking all sorts of questions. Wait, There's a rib keep, in the toilet. My wife just keeps trying to have sex with me. God, yeah. Because after the corruption shows up, is when she peeks into the bedroom and just Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer are about to just get it on. just And make eye contact. Yeah, her. just a full locked eye. Don't look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look me directly in my eyes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Keep going. I'm almost there. Okay. All right. Yep. So, I mean, I do think uh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is, is exuding, like sexuality to everyone in this movie right so she's Mm -hmm. not only like very attracted to her husband and they're very close but there's 
kind of weird vibes between her and God the rest of the movie. Right. Yeah. Like, she's always, like, kind of touching his arm, mm-hmm. and she's getting... Definitely in the funeral scene also. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She's getting very familiar with Mother as well, and so, like, I didn't know if if that element of her is also supposed to kind of represent the fact that, like, Eve is the one that corrupts Adam, like, by giving him the fruit, mm-hmm. which always seemed like kind of a raw deal to me. Seemed like the type of thing that... Uh, people kept emphasizing to treat women like shit for years. So, uh, I mean, I've never loved that part of the story. But, um, I mean, it does seem to be like they're trying to portray her as uh, sneaky or Mm -hmm. has some evil or corruption to her um, and is bringing that into the house and is really the only one that's like in the face of the mother about it. Like she's one of the most aggressive people to the mother Mm -hmm. the, the whole movie. Yeah, I I don't have a good answer for you on that one. Yeah. It also, also zoned out like halfway through. <laughs> and I just started looking at my notes. <laughs> but it was interesting what you said. <laughs> yes, I agree. They will cut that from the podcast. No, we the, the listeners come here for the real it's raw authenticity. Stuff. Right. Authenticity. Right. That's why we have so many fans already. <laughs> thank you for, has, thank you for staying quiet, live yeah, studio yeah, audience. Appreciate it. Oh, Bessie. <laughs> in case you guys were wondering what they were talking about, we're, we're discussing what to do scene. next, and I think we're going to do best scene. Yeah. I still have so many important notes, though. Like, I spent way too long trying to remember if frogs were in this movie. That there, was really there are. Uh, yes. Okay, I had a problem with this, though. <laughs> uh, I obviously thought it was supposed to be a frog, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was a toad. <laughs> or a toad would have been in that setting, not a frog. <laughs> So dry, dusty kind of took me out of the whole movie. <laughs> um, yeah, it was as it hopped out. Like there had been a good five minutes before. There was like, are there frogs in this movie? I feel like this is where we're gonna. Did see we a ever frog. did speak of just because the frog was in the cellar? Did we ever address what the giant thud was against the wall? Like, she goes down the first time into the basement? No, but that... We were talking about some of the jump scares. That still got me this mm-hmm. time. I jumped. Oh, wait. Well, I could tell something was going to happen down uh-huh. there. Because it's a basement and all basements are scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm... I wasn't sure on on Maybe. what that was. I do have written down, though, cellar wall? No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was the toad. Well, it's... It is interesting in that, I mean, she... Throughout several scenes of the movie... Is putting her head to the wall, mm-hmm. and she can right. hear the the heartbeat, the heartbeat mm-hmm. of the house. And something that never super gets addressed is kind of her relationship to the house. Obviously, there's some um, comparisons there. Of is she actually the house, or are they sort of the same being? They're like in representing, yeah. yeah, in representing the the earth. And so um, the heartbeat decays and dies. Prior to the mother dying, Mm -hmm. but I mean, it's really at that point that everything really starts going off the rails. Yeah, and I actually had a note here that the heart in the walls seems out of place, and that's where the mixed metaphors really start to come in. Yep. Uh, So we'll go ahead and move on to what worked and what was our standout scene. Um, Who wants to go first? Oh, God. (laughs) Um, Uh, I believe we're saying, oh, Javier. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, poet. Oh, poet. (laughs) Standout scene. That's tough. Um, I'm going to have to go with the, uh, whatchamacallit, 
with the baby. The communion yeah, scene? Yeah, thank you. Thank yeah. you. The communion scene. God, it was, we didn't really get uh, to that. And it was just man. such a... Just at that point, by that point of the movie, everything was going so just out of control and 100 miles an hour. And they finally give you like, a chance oh to Oh, my breathe. God, yeah. And then that happens. Yeah, you're like, oh, they have the baby. And then, hey, can I borrow that baby real quick? <laughs> I do have... I, I like... What, what, what did take me out of that scene, though, was like... Hey, can I borrow, can I see this baby real quick? Like, God takes it yeah. and it just walks right back in. Oh yeah, they they took it. <laughs> <laughs> you were totally right. Bad news about the baby. <laughs> I would say between either that scene, but then really close tied is when they break the crystal mm-hmm. and uh, Javier Bardem kind of just breaks character and it's just get out. <laughs> What are you doing in my office? <laughs> and then just yeah, and then it's yeah, just... that's like the only time he yells in the entire movie. That that whole little stretch when he's just angry is so good. Right. That that is what prompted me to write down: Is Javier Bardem actually God? It's hard to say. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I do love him in this movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like I mean, I only only personally have really seen him in. No Country for Old Men, and then the one terrible Pirates of the Caribbean where he's like the floaty ghost monster. Also oh, in James yeah. Bond. What James Bond is he? Uh, is he Jaws? No, he is. Um, is it oh, Skyfall. Skyfall. Yeah, oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's just super yeah. blonde and <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, I mean, but I love I love him as a as a bad guy uh-huh. as a. A brooding figure. I mean, mm-hmm. he's up on Tom Hardy level for a level of broodingness, where that's all he has to do in the movie. But doesn't have to cover his face. Yeah, doesn't have to cover his face. All right, so favorite scenes Bring for you guys. Bring me the baby. <laughs> so... <laughs> you, you barely came into this house. I was bored in this house. <laughs> uh, I would say the scene scene for me is um, I, I've, I'm, I'm tied for two. So. It's either Michelle Pfeiffer when she's coming in and talking to Jennifer Lawrence. That's where you really see um, her shine. I thought she did a great job in this movie. Um, Really pushes it to another level. Um, There's a level of incredulousness through the whole movie where... Uh, the mother is like, hey, can you please not do that? Very polite, very reasonable request. Yeah. And uh, everybody is just like, where do you get off telling me not to do things in your house? And yeah. like it's never it's never further than like in the scene with Michelle Pfeiffer where she's like, why don't you have like why don't you want to have kids, um, and like why are you so mad that we broke the crystal? Like who are you to be mad that we, we said broke we're the sorry. crystal? Yeah, we say we're sorry. What more do you want? And uh, I think that was the scene that I really liked because it's you can really tell that's when it gets into the uneasiness and that mm-hmm. nothing is going to go well for the mother. My other tied scene is I really love Kristen Wiig in this movie. Yeah. It's like the only bright spot in a very uh-huh. heavy, heavy movie. Um, and she's and only in Even it. her, like, her role yes. turns heavy. Yeah. Um, and so I love that she comes in and it's like, it kind of rebalances a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's almost a nice little palette cleanser. Just because right you're like, oh, movie. hey, Kristen Wiig. A friendly yeah. face. Yeah. I didn't know Kristen Wiig was in this feature. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, the, in the credits, she's listed as the Herald. Um, everybody oh, in the man. subtitles or in the credits has a very specific name. So oh, it's not like person number credits, one so. or person number two. It's like the Herald, the Zealot, the, like, everybody has a very specific mm. the who healer. Is, uh, who is the Zealot? The Zealot is, um, 
when like all the people start coming to the house mm-hmm. to like praise the poet for his good work, he's like the one who like kind of leads her onto the oh, porch. Okay. Yep. Um, and he's the one who like kind of helps them up, like get back into the room when she's about to have the baby, kind of like the okay. bald looking guy. Um, so yeah, I really like Kristen Wiig. I also saw like when Kristen Wiig goes full bad guy at the end. She's only in it again for like fifteen seconds, but she like executes six people lying yeah, on the floor with yeah. bags over their heads. And my first thought was, I really want to see Kristen Wiig in an action movie. She's gonna be the villain in the new Wonder Woman. Yeah, she is. She really? Yeah, yeah. she is. She's gonna be uh, the cheetah. Yeah, which oh, is wow. just full on '80s scene chewing. Kristen Wiig yep. as a villain is gonna be amazing. I'm looking forward to that. Um. So what I had for my standout scene, it's really kind of a tie between the Cain and Abel scene, um, because I've talked about that one a lot, or the communion scene. Because the whole, I like it so much because as soon as you're like, you start to feel comfortable when she has the baby, you're like, okay, we're good. Mm-hmm. Things are good. We're on the bot. The well, I had stretch. thought I had thought like when they had the baby, I thought that everyone had like left. Or- yeah you know, disappeared. However, that house works. You take a step <laughs> off the porch and you're gone. I... They all went into the wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Tumnus took the baby. Um, but now crossover. Bar- is Har- Javier Bardem Aslan? <laughs> <laughs> Find out in the sequel. <laughs> Mother 2. Javier and his boy. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's I'm broken. Hold on. No, you're fine. Okay. The The reason I like the communion scene so much is because um, as soon as the baby leaves her arms, you are on just a hundred. You're like, yeah, oh, exactly. no, no, That's no, why I liked it so no. Much, yeah. And there's just such good building dread. Each time a new person touches that baby, you freak out. And the whole time you're like, they're not going to do that. This baby's going to be fine. And then when it's the, just crowd surfing, <laughs> when the oh my God. when the like shawl gets pulled off of the baby and it starts to pee, then you're really uncomfortable. Yeah, then, uh, and then the head falls and it's just, it's just like 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 way up from there, like the loudest snap in the yeah. movie. Oh my God! I remember being in the theater and I think I I, I, I audibly heard screamed. you yell, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I I think that's probably what happened. Um, which I don't talk in theaters ever. Yeah. So this movie gave me a very visceral reaction. It's funny that that's uh, your favorite scene. Mm-hmm. That's my least favorite scene. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that it doesn't work well. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to argue that it's so it's so over the top. And this whole movie is, is over the top. So I get that it fits with what it is. But it's such an upsetting scene. Um, right after the baby is born... Um, there's a, a line where Javier Bardem just says, they just want to see him, as if mm-hmm. this is, like, a simple request. Yeah. It's no like big deal. Yeah. yeah, and, like, right there, you're like, this baby's gonna die. Like, something bad is gonna happen to this baby. There's no way that the, like that this turns out well with this crazy They really man. devoured him quickly. <laughs> like, yeah. from the time they set him on the table to the time Jennifer mm-hmm. Lawrence got over there, yeah, yeah, you oh, turn and like thirty almost, people have a piece of that baby. I'll yeah. say it's impressive. <laughs> so I mean, like obviously, Joey Chestnut. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's gonna be on the Ocho. They're not gonna put that on regular ESPN. That's for sure. You gotta buy the pay the subscription fee for that one. <laughs> ESPN Insider. 
Inside, not, insides are still not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, what about you, Riley? Your uh, your kind of least favorite or letdown scene? Hmm. Letdown scene. Um. Hmm. That's tough. Come back to me. Let me think. Okay. About it. Let okay. me think about it. Um. Because for me, it's it's the funeral scene. Uh, everything, everything in that, like, you go from such a strong, almost, like, modern fantasy-type story with the first third of the movie when they're doing that biblical allegory, and then the funeral is just, it's dry, it's slow, you have that one good scene between, um, between the mother and Eve, uh, that you were talking about, but it just, that took me out of it, and then suddenly... You have everything ramp up basically out of nowhere, um, eventually culminating in the communion scene, uh, which it's funny how it goes from basically my least favorite to my favorite scene of the movie. But yeah, that that just didn't do it for me. The funeral. Yeah, I agree, because that's also the part where like the strangers start showing up Mm -hmm. and they're like in their bedroom and she's like chasing people around. And then it has like people like painting her house. Yeah. I was like, well that that just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I will say though, when all the people and Jeff knows where I'm going with this already. <laughs> um and I almost wanted to put this as my like standout scene, uh, but when everybody's showing up, I just love the old dude just oh just exploring. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> It's the it, that and Kristen Wiig are the only light parts of this movie. The yeah. only unintentional comedy that exists. Mm-hmm. It's the, the just exploring. Um, I busted up at that one. Even the second time was really funny. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about one thing, kind of at the end, um, or I guess it's really a thread throughout the whole movie. So. A, a big theme in this movie is that if Javier Bardem is God and all these people are um, coming to see him or are devoted or are worshiping him, um, there's a ton of scenes where he has the opportunity to stop them mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. tearing down the house or hurting the mother or whatever. And pretty much every time he chooses to be with them mm-hmm. or he chooses to let them to continue um, doing this. So after the baby is born... Jennifer Lawrence says, please just make them go. And he yells, I don't want them to go. Um, And so he's really stuck on this idea that, like, um, I need this devotion. Yeah, I need to be loved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I was like, you know, is Arnowski making the point that um, God doesn't care about the actions of Christians so long as they actually follow him? He doesn't Mm -hmm. care if they're doing terrible things in the world. Uh, which I thought was an interesting try and mm-hmm. I, I definitely, I kind of had that same thought. Because um, it, it almost seems like he's making the point of, you know, say, like, you know, it's always said God made man in his image. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Aronofsky's taking that point a step further, and it's like God made man in his image so he could be praised and doesn't care about what happens right, because, to the world if well, we're looking exactly. at Jennifer Lawrence's Mother Earth. Exactly, because without all those people, it's just him and Mother Earth. He has mm-hmm. nobody. Granted, she loves him way too much. <laughs> but he needs that praise and all those people because without it, 
he's lonely and has his writer's block. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta hate that. But man, yeah. you you do love his how he gets over his writer's block and just like frantically running naked around the house. Oh yeah, it's like I, I have to write. Well, how do you write? write. <laughs> I mean, anyway, let's get into my process. <laughs> well, no, he, I I do think kind of on that point, he hasn't put clothes on at all, and Jennifer Lawrence follows him downstairs, and he is sitting. Like, one leg on either side of the coffee table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so just think about that image that we're not seeing, just kind of draping his business on the wood floors. <laughs> we might have to cut that part. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, Hunger Bourdain is, is the, the whole writer's block thing and where she's supposed to be his muse and... I think there's an element of this movie that's supposed to be talking about the creative process, but again, it's buried and buried under layers of everything else. And if, so, to the point where if you made it sound good on your own, people would be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's what that movie's about." Yeah. yeah. Um. So our final category: Who's this movie for? Who's really gonna like this movie? And then who's gonna hate this movie? I'm gonna say. It's for people like Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> and people who are going to hate this movie is me and Riley. God damn it. So, there you go. <laughs> That's an easy one. Yeah. Um, I had... My my thoughts were uh, people that are going to love it. This is uh, this is your, like, undergrad, senior year film oh, class totally. type yep. movie. And then... Um, but also for people that, like, that enjoy picking up on yeah. stuff like that. You know, yeah. like, thinking during the movie. Yeah. If you if you like to go and just look for things in in your movie and try and figure out what layers are there, obviously a lot of this stuff is kind of ham-fisted, but if you don't know what you're getting into, which if you've made it this far in the podcast, well, sorry. <laughs> we ruined everything that you're going to be looking for, but that's if you're looking for that kind of thing, then that's you're going to get a lot out of this movie, I think. And then the people that are going to hate it are, um, I think a lot of people who, it's a toss-up for if you're very religious, you're either going to love what he did with the story and putting it to screen, or hate the way he did it. I also really just can't stand Jennifer Lawrence yeah. as an actress, so <laughs> that also took it took me really out of she it. She was good. She I thought she was. She good. was really good. Well, she got to do what makes her good. She yeah. got to scream and cry, and <laughs> which will... she relies on heavily in her movies that she's good in. That okay, that's fair. She um... shows very intense emotion when she. I feel like when she can't do that, she's just not as good. I will, and say... then it makes me not like her because that's all she does. Yeah, I really hated the shaky effect that they put over her when she was stressed out while she was pregnant she's screaming yeah when she would like bend over and just "Ah!" and it would just over oh yeah when she like hulk punched the floor yeah (laughs) i i don't remember what that part of the bible is yeah i mean i want to i want to go back to your point i might have been reading infinity war i I don't know jennifer lawrence snaps her fingers and we're not gonna get into that because that's not what this podcast is about yeah. never mind we're gonna need a, like a spoiler sound like, <laughs> bleep over like it's the radio um, can, can i want to go can it be this sound 
and then just save that sound clip. Yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna put that one into the future podcast. Anytime we need to leave over a spoiler, I do want to go back to something that you had said, Tyler, on um, who would like this movie and who wouldn't, um, and whether or not you are religious or not. Um, this movie, this movie feels to me like Arnowski went to church as a kid. Yeah. Um, and has not gone back to church since he was 16. And I think that's like, that's the feeling that I get mm-hmm. is like, there are mm-hmm. metaphors that he obviously learned in church or learned in Sunday school, um, about Cain and Abel, but then there's a bunch of really confusing stuff in there that I think he thinks is in the Bible, but <laughs> maybe, he stopped, maybe he stopped there like, eh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Bible stuff. Yeah, right. go, with, go with what you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's some, and there's some like very specific Catholic iconography that's in there. So mm-hmm. you've got Ash Wednesday, you've got yeah. them holding the holy text up on uh, like a stake and like carrying it down like a procession. So mm-hmm. all that is very much like the like a regular Catholic service. And then obviously you've got the Eucharist in there too. So I would say that if you uh, if you're a very religious person, I don't think you will like this yeah. movie. I think that you'll either be bothered by the inconsistencies. Or you'll be like, that's not what church is like. <laughs> um, so I just have a hard they, time. They, they don't eat babies at church. Yeah. Mm. Well, kind of. It's not the same. It's not exactly the same oh, thing. Okay. It's like a metaphorical yeah. baby. Oh, oh you're yeah, eating yeah, yeah. a metaphorical baby. Yeah. I gotcha. Well, yeah. I can get into that. Yeah. No, that part he's not wrong on. No, uh, but I, I think that It's people... actually probably the most accurate. Part, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kudos, kudos to you. But people who would like this movie, um, I think if you're the kind of person who likes to say, well, you just didn't get it, when people say they don't like a movie like this, you're probably going to like this movie. Yeah. (laughs) 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 To be fair, I have not not said that about this movie. (laughs) I did, however, right after I see it, say many times, oh, well, no, like, there's this. So I basically said that just in a roundabout (laughs) way. Um, Score out of ten. Um, I'm a, I'm a five for effort. Well shot. I really like the, the design of it. Something we didn't talk about is the sound design. So there's like no, yeah, I had a music in this movie. Yeah. I thought about that too, about three quarters of the way through. I'm like, I haven't heard a single like note or anything. Mm -hmm. Only in the very final thing where there's like the club scene in the living room, like where there's a little bit of music, but overall, uh, but yeah, a five out of 10 for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I wouldn't watch it again, but I wouldn't give it as low as a five. I'd probably say like a six, six and a half. So what's a, what's a comparable six on your scale in a different movie? Oh man. <laughs> well, let me just go through every movie I've seen. <laughs> Obviously I only choose to watch good movies. So oh, it's right. tough to so find it's a, an eight or above. So t- you've not t- t- never actually seen it. a six and a half. <laughs> I'm out of a, I'm out of a sixes league <laughs> as a movie viewer. How about you, Ty? What do you think? Um, so I I had written down six and a half out of ten, which I feel like, given the things I've said and the things you guys have said, isn't really congruous. They're not. They're not really well, kind of on the same for scale. How much yeah. I, hate this movie. Yeah, I kind of expected a like three or four out of. Well, you. it's really hard for me to like super hate him like yeah i mean i'll still watch like and i still enjoyed the ride mm-hmm. so I, I think part of it i will say like when i first saw it i would have given it a solid nine out of ten 
And I think a big part of dropping down to a six and a half was just watching it again and having all these high expectations and really like really holding this movie in high regard, even though, you know, this is the first time I've watched it since its original release, which I also think kind of says something about it. Um, but I'll final score. I'll bump up. I'll give it a seven. There you go. Um, very interesting. Any uh, any other closing notes? I've got one it? final fun fact okay. about this movie. So, um, people who have heard about this movie or watched this movie might know this, but uh, during the filming of the movie, Jennifer Lawrence and Darren Aronofsky are actually dating this entire time. So, one of the things that I thought was interesting is Aronofsky is forty eight. Jennifer Lawrence is like twenty seven or twenty eight when this movie was filmed. Um, and Javier Bardem is like the same age as Darren Aronofsky. So there's a lot of stuff in this movie about how they're like a totally different generation and they don't understand each other. And uh, it felt very telegraphed. Once I found out that they had been dating, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that makes a ton of sense for like why those elements are in the movie is they're trying to right. communicate like, well, will they work? Like, can they work if and he's they... an artist and she's a young, adoring mm -hmm. <laughs> and talent? I... Yeah. And they didn't. Yeah, and they Long did. Long story no. short, they did not. Yeah, so and uh, Darren Aronofsky and Jennifer Lawrence are also not dating anymore, so I think the moral of the story is they... But they... audience should know Jennifer Lawrence did not set herself on fire in real life. Like That's she true. Did in the also, they, I don't true. think they had a kid. If they did, hopefully it didn't end the way that it ended in this movie. Oh. I mean, if they did, How? they I don't used think to have a kid. I don't think we'd hear about it. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna make. Uh, I don't think that's gonna get the six o'clock e show for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I hope you guys enjoyed the first episode of Who the Hell Is This For? Uh, I'm your host Ty. Uh, signing off for Jeff. Oh uh, yeah, this is Riley. I don't get this signing off. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just. I, I realized I spoke for you guys in the beginning. We have to end it somehow. Might as well yeah. just do it the most awkward way possible. Yeah. That, that's a pretty solid thing <laughs> you know of the show. Let's not end it yet. What movie do we want to talk about next? Um, I kind of think we should do a Twitter poll. But okay. movies Ooh, I that, like that. Movies that I think would be fun for future editions of this. Um, I think Donnie Darko would be yeah. a great fun Great fun movie to do. Great fun. Great fun. Great fun. Um, My life. Yeah, super fun would be fun. Um, now, I think uh, we don't want to do all heavy-handed uh, yeah, ish sure. films. So I think a fun one would be um, 21 Jump Street and how oh, that wow. was a fun surprise. Oh, wow. Um, and then I think we should do one of our classics. So um, uh, Jurassic Park, a Die oh, Hard, yeah, maybe um, back something to the in that vein. I think yeah. would be, yeah, Back to the Future would be really fun. Um, obviously I'm always, not always, but I'm going to suggest horror a lot of the time. I, I just saw your book over there. I'd like to do The Thing. Yeah, The Thing would be episode. really good. Um, have either of you guys, I would love to just do a Carpenter episode. Have either of you guys seen uh, Big Trouble in Little China? Mm -hmm. I have not, actually. That would I've be actually a really never good seen one. Um, kind of back in the horror vein, I would really love to do Sleepaway Camp with you guys. Um... Have either of you guys heard anything about it before? Uh, only what you've put on Twitter. Okay. So, I think that would be a really fun one to do. We'll have to do a Twitter poll about it. Um, Riley, I think you will love Sleepaway Camp. I have a feeling that Jeff might absolutely hate it. <laughs> I think what would be really fun to do for an episode would be all of us watch a movie that none of us have seen mm -hmm. and then jump and do the podcast Immediately at, after, after the credits. I would love to do that. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah.
Um, also, would love to do a commentary track sometime. Like a watch-along? Yeah. I think that'd be really fun. We're going to do the camera behind us so that it's like Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> yes, <thousands>. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, keep an eye out for that Twitter poll on what movie we're going to be doing next. And we will uh, we'll see you guys again soon.